Kiddos, four years old through fourth grade, you are dismissed to head on down to kids' church. Adults, we're going to start a new sermon series entitled, The Truth About Life. Are you excited? Yeah, tell somebody. All right. Hey, listen, here's life. We know that life is uh, up and down. It's uh, crazy. There's this ebb and flow to life. And um, there's always times that you experience that are very good. And there's times that you experience things that are very bad. And some of those things kind of change through life. And maybe when you're uh, a young married and have little kids, maybe uh, you have fantastic health but you have uh, difficulties financially. And then uh, later on in life, maybe uh, your financial woes are no longer uh, there, but your physical health is there, or not there. And and so life is full of ups and downs and, and ons and offs and ins and out. And uh, one day can be good, the next day can be bad. And, and so we, uh, uh, we go through life and uh, we can get into ruts and uh, we can uh, just try many different ways to try to feel good about uh, ourselves. And some of those things are dangerous and uh, it can be hard. And uh, we learn in life that not everyone likes you. Uh, do you remember when you started to learn that lesson? Not everyone actually likes you. And uh, sometimes that caught you off guard because you thought this was somebody that that didn't like you and then you learned they don't uh, like you. And things uh, can happen in our life to just kind of confuse us and tend, send our world into a tailspin. And what we often do is we often try to fix that by finding something that will give us a dopamine kick, right? Are you familiar with a dopamine kick? And uh, you get a little bit of good feeling that will take place in your life. And some of those things that uh, we uh, learn to do, those behaviors that we do, uh, they're really not that good for us. And, and so the truth about life is, is that life is all up and down and in and out. One day's good, next day uh, might be bad. And so uh, here's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Uh, this morning we're going to talk about the fact that uh, maybe we look to bad habits to try and establish some of that stuff. Um, and uh, you all know what a bad habit is, right? And uh, then the next week after that, next uh, next week, we're going to talk about depression. Depression can kind of uh, happen in our life and, and how do we deal with that. And then uh, the next week after that, we're going to talk about well, how do we connect to Christ and, and uh, what does it look like to have a prayer life and how to connect uh, with him. And then the next week after that's going to be a fifth Sunday and we're hoping to have a, a room full of the kiddos in here and we'll do a sermon up here that uh, they can understand and so I can better understand. And, uh, and and then, then we'll move into November, and then the last week that the, in the series about the truth about life, uh, we're going to be talking about just kind of life stewardship, you know, physical life stewardship, and, and uh, financial life stewardship, and uh, uh, spiritual life stewardship, and, and uh, we're going to, so that's kind of the series and where we're headed here in uh, uh, the rest of October and in November, and uh, so let's pray, let's pray. Father God, thank you that we can be here. Uh, we ask that you would watch over those that are not able to be here this morning, those people that we know and care about. Uh, Father, we ask that you will teach us. Uh, I ask again this week, Father, uh, help us to forget everything that takes place in the service except those things that you want to put in our heart. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
This morning is about bad habits, bad habits, and uh, I'm convinced that uh, we have them, and uh, Jesus knows that we have them, and Jesus knows uh, that we have them, and he wants us to address them, and there are things in our life that Jesus uh, would rather not have there. I heard this story uh, several years ago. I went to a men's breakfast, and there was a guy that came in, told this story, and uh, it just kind of stuck, and uh, he said, can you imagine what would it be like? If uh, Jesus uh, came to your house, right? And uh, maybe you're there and you're by yourself and, uh, and all of a sudden the doorbell rings and you're kind of startled and, and uh, you kind of, you, you sit up and you knock some of the potato chips off of your belly. You know, you've been watching TV and, and you go to the door and it's Jesus and he's there. And uh, Jesus says to you, uh, hey, I, uh, it's good to see you. I, would it be okay if I come in? You, you kind of turn around, you look back, and you realize that there's, you know, chip dust, and, you know, the blankets are all curled up there, and you kind of glance over at the kitchen, and there's some dishes on the countertop, and you, you say, ah, uh, yeah, Jesus, of course I want you to come in, right? And, and so Jesus goes in, you're a little bit embarrassed, a little bit awkward, and, and uh, he comes in, you're standing there maybe in the entryway, and, and he says, well, could, would it be okay if I kind of, you know, saw your place? Would you mind showing me around? And oh, okay, you know, and so you step into the living room, and, and he's kind of there, and, and uh, whoa, where, where's that door over there go? Oh, that's the laundry room, you know, and you kind of open it up and close it really quick, because you know what the laundry room looks like, and and uh, he goes and he says, oh, well, what, what's over in that? Well, that's, that's the office. Oh, oh, the office. Okay, well, you know, would you mind showing it to me? And, you know, and so you take Jesus in there. And again, he says, well, what, what's, what's that door go to? And, oh, well, that's, that's the closet. You know, nothing, nothing really in there to see. That's just the closet. And he says, well, I'd really, I'd like to see in it, you know. And so you open the door and he glances in the closet and he he says, oh, well, what, what's in here? Oh, there's nothing in here. And he says, what, what's, what's up in the box, up in the top shelf there? And he says, no, I, I, uh, um, and, and Jesus kind of glances up there and he looks at you. He says, oh, I see you got a computer over here. Would, would it be okay if we just kind of took a glance at your, uh, your search history? on your internet and and you get really uncomfortable and awkward and Jesus makes his way into the pantry and he says oh what's what's there in the back of the pantry there and what's in the back of the fridge and he just wants to be everywhere he wants to be everywhere in your life would that be awkward for you to have Jesus be that nosy in your life well hopefully you know That he already is. And that he knows everything about all of us in detail. And when we think about it, it can make us uncomfortable. But really what God wants to do is have us be willing to expose every part of our life to him so that we can deal with habits in our life. Paul understood this. It's been referred to already. <clears throat> Sunday school was referred to by Wayne just a moment ago. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we've all got this stuff inside us that God wants to deal with. It's called sin in our life. 
Now, Paul wrote that, but Paul also understood that at a very personal level. And because this is what Paul said... In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations. To to keep me from being conceited. And so why would Paul be conceited? You know that uh, uh, Paul's conversion was different than your conversion. Uh, Paul was a zealous Jew. He didn't like Christianity. He thought uh, uh, Jesus was going against what God wanted. And so he was out uh, trying to persecute Christians. And that's when Jesus finally shows up uh, literally in front uh, of uh, uh, Paul and blinds him. And and uh, and he says to him, uh, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and uh, Saul, he said... I'm going to change your name to Paul, and from now on you're going to live for me, and you're going to be inspired by my spirit to write uh, a lot of the uh, two-thirds of the New Testament. And and so he had this new insight and this new wisdom that was given to him uh, by Jesus himself through the Holy Spirit. And so he had all of that. So to keep me from becoming uh, conceited, because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was, Paul says, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. And so even Paul, he understood at a very personal level, well, there's this thing that I wish wasn't there and it's by Satan and I want it not to be there, but it is there. And I keep wanting it to go away and I even ask God to take it away, but it's still here and I wrestle with this thing. In fact, Paul also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So we all are wrestling with something that's common to us. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So Paul got the idea that we've got issues of sin in our life that are real. And we wrestle and struggle with them. But then he goes on to say, there is no temptation except what is common to everybody. We're all wrestling with this thing, and especially it's, it's, it's known to us. It's something that we desire. It's some sin that we're trying to uh, prop us up by. But if God won't let us be tempted beyond what we can endure, why is it that God allows us to keep battling with it? If he can take care of it, why doesn't he take care of it? If he can do it, why do I keep wrestling with it? Why do we stay in a bad habit? Write this down. Why we fail to overcome. Here's why. We rely on self. Self. We rely on self. We have tried a thousand times and we don't believe God can help us. And so we just keep keeping it to ourself and we don't want to change. And sometimes we even look at that sin as something that helps us. 
And we rely on ourselves. And we don't want anybody else to know. We want to keep it a secret. We want to keep it there in the box in the closet. Or we want to keep it tucked away somewhere where no one else can, can know about it or see it. And, and we just kind of say, well, uh, God, I know you don't want me to do this, but I'm just going to keep trying to battle in this all on my own. And we keep it to ourselves, and we think that we can fix it instead of bringing God into it that knows about it. And we also do this. Write this down. We are double-minded. We're double-minded. James said this, chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. We wrestle between... I want to do this thing, and I want to please God. Why do we do this thing? Well, it gives us something. It gives us something. That's back to the dopamine. Dopamine is the chemical inside of your brain that uh, triggers all pleasure. When somebody uh, compliments you, you get a little dopamine hit, and you get pleasure in your brain. Um, when you uh, experience uh, love and kindness from someone, you get a little dopamine hit. When somebody makes you laugh, you get a little dopamine hit. And, uh, and it's the chemical that's inside of your brain that triggers all those things. Um, uh, sexuality produces a lot of uh, dopamine inside of your brain. And so there's these little triggers. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Just think about it. I don't know if you've ever been to Krispy Kreme donuts before. You ever been to Krispy? You ever been to a Krispy? We lived in Des Moines. There was a Krispy Kreme there. And uh, I, I drive by Krispy Kreme sometime and just seeing the hot light on. You know what the highlight is? And when they're, when they're, when they're being freshly made and you can go in and get a hot one right off. Oh, and you ever bite into one of those things? Oh, oh, that's why God made dopamine right there. Boom! It's like, yes, this is, oh man. And so, um, so there's things that we do in our life because we like that dopamine. And today, the opioid, opioid crisis that's happening uh, around the world, ultimately, in, in the United States today, it's because uh, drug manufacturers, both legal and illegal, keep getting closer and closer and closer to duplicating a dopamine hit in your brain. And it's that high kick of pleasure. And so, and so sometimes we do things that are self-destructive in our life because they give us this hit. But we're double-minded because some of the things that we do to get this hit, God says, don't do. And so we're double-minded in that we, we want to please God and when we are right with God and when we are close to God and when we're, uh, when we're, when we're in that right relationship, there is a pleasure there. There is a comfort there. There is a confidence there in which it feels good to live here. But sometimes because we're over here looking to get this hit, uh, God's over there and you just camp over here and we're double minded. And so why do we battle to overcome? It's because we rely on self. We're double-minded. And we make room in our heart for that sin. Romans chapter 13. Rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. 
It's in our mind. It's in our mind. And so we battle and we wrestle and we leave room for this sin. And so we also do this. We don't understand what it is to be in Christ. In Christ. Um, There's these things that they fill up with water. They're called swimming pools. Ever heard of one? Just checking to see if you're with me. All right. And so you've been to a swimming pool before. And uh, you guys know what it is to go and be at a swimming pool, right? Uh, You know what it is to be at a pool. And you also know what it is to be in a swimming pool. And you know that those are two different things, right? And so when you get into a swimming pool, and if it's got a deep end, and you're out there and you're treading water and your feet are moving and your arms are moving, uh, you are being fully supported and lifted up by that water with minimal effort. You're just kind of swishing your arms around and that water is holding you and sustaining you and lifting you up, right? That's being in the water. That's being in the pool. And that's very different than being at the pool when you're standing of your own strength on the edge and you're looking at that place over there. And so it's possible to be at the pool but not in the pool. That's Christ. It's possible to be at church and not be in Christ. But if you're in Christ, you know Jesus wants you at church. Being in Christ is letting Christ be what sustains you and that you rest in the spirit and you're calm in the spirit and with the effort of getting close to God through prayer and scripture that he is carrying you it's different to be in the spirit than it is to be at church but if you're in the spirit you're going to be at church and so we need to learn to live in the spirit we're going to talk about that in a couple of more weeks And then we do this. We don't understand what it is to be in Christ. Next, we hide our sin. We hide it. We're pretty good at hiding it. You ever read Matthew chapter 26, 27, 28? And and it kind of tells the whole, unpacks the whole story. Uh, Jesus spent uh, time with his disciples at the Last Supper. And they were there uh, dining together at the Last Supper. And while they were there dining together, it was uh, Jesus who uh, lifts up the bread. And he says, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. And and this uh, cup represents my blood, which is shed for you. And and, uh, then you know that uh, they left that room and they went out to the garden. They prayed together. And then uh, that night, uh, Jesus was arrested. And then the next day, they, they put him on the cross, and he died, and he died on the cross. And then they put him in the grave. And then on Easter, he rose from the dead, and he's alive now, and, and, and he is in heaven. Uh, but that night of the Last Supper, Judas, Judas was there. Judas was right there. He had already worked out the deal to take the 30 pieces of silver in order to betray Jesus. But Judas was there next to Jesus at the first communion. You ever hide your sin? Come communion time. Are you ever at communion with Jesus knowing in the back of your mind There's this sin that I'm not dealing with. So these things are real. 
these habits that keep us away from Jesus and on the sidelines, but he wants us to deal with them. Two truths. Two truths about bad habits. Number one, Satan wants us slaves. Another truth, God wants us free. Satan wants us slaves. God wants us free. Here's what Romans says. Romans chapter 6. It says, Don't you realize that you become slaves to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. Well, if you got bad habits, you don't feel free from sin. So, how to break bad habits? Do this embrace Scripture. Embrace Scripture. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 says, Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey the teachings, the teachings, this teachings, the teachings of Scripture and um, <clears throat> uh, that we have given you. And that was the apostles giving it to them. Uh, they heard it, they listened to it, they applied it. And so everything we need to know about how to break bad habits is within Scripture, but we need to have a time when we embrace Scripture and we spend time reading our Bibles and spend time in prayer. And so do this. Embrace Scripture. Write this down. Picture yourself dead to sin. Wait a minute. How do I do that? Let's think about it. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. <clears throat> Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Picture yourself dead to sin. Okay, well, how do we do that? Well, here's the reality. If you've got a bad habit and you know it, especially if it's a secret habit, uh, you know that uh, you spend a lot of time and energy, a resource effort, uh, trying to engage that thing that uh, you wish that you didn't do. Whatever that might be. And, you know, there's a broad list. Maybe uh, it's a dietary thing. Maybe it's a, a, a pornographic thing. Uh, maybe it's an alcohol thing or a drug thing or whatever. Uh, there's things, and we know people wrestle with these things. Maybe we wrestle with these things. Uh, whatever that thing is that's out there uh, that you do, uh, that you look for the dopamine hit because uh, life's kind of really hard. And so there's a go-to thing that you go to to try and, instead of God, you're kind of going to that. And so... You're spending time and resource energy in order to prop that thing up and, and, and do that. Um, and you know when that takes place. And so you can actually put a little X on the calendar is when you struggle the most with that thing that you struggle uh, with. And then picture yourself dead to that. And then sort of rewrite a calendar over here that says, if I'm spending this time and this energy and this resource uh, to, to make that come true in my life that I shouldn't do, how do I fill that up? How do I identify that and see myself living differently in the way I do my life? Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. And then do this. Become accountable. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so when man sharpens another. Now, a piece about accountability. Here's what you don't do with accountability. Hi, my name is Steve. 
and I'm addicted to X, and I need your help. Okay? You don't do that. Um, you, uh, if you have trusted friends uh, that you've had for more than five years, and you know that you can trust them, and that they're close to you, and that uh, they're not going to uh, uh, condemn you, but they're going to help you, uh, then you can confess your sins to them. Uh, if you don't have anybody that you feel uh, in your life uh, wouldn't be able to deal with the fact that you're wrestling with whatever you're wrestling with, then you can say this to somebody. You can say, um, hey, could we go to lunch? And um, uh, I'm trying to make uh, some progress in my life. Uh, I'm trying to become a more godly uh, guy or gal, and, and uh, I want to uh, uh, put some disciplines into my life of reading my Bible and uh, having a prayer time or a prayer journal, and, and I just want to be able to, uh, to put that in my life more. Right now, it's, it's not there the way that it should be there, and I want to read my Bible more, I want to pray, pray more, and I'm wondering if you could help me uh, stay accountable to doing that. And uh, the way that I would like you to help me uh, stay accountable to do that, uh, would you be willing to contact me once a week? Um, and probably better if you uh, called me than it would be if you texted me. And would you be able to just ask me once a week or, you know, once a day or whatever you, whatever you arrange and to make a commitment and uh, maybe even set an alarm on your phone or set up a calendar that you would call me and, uh, and you would ask me uh, two questions. And the first question that you would ask me is, how are you doing with, and then fill in the blank, whatever, your, your daily Bible reading or your prayer journaling or whatever you guys have set up, this is what you're going to work on. How are, how are you doing with that? Question number one. And then ask me question number two right after that. Are you lying to me? And so I need you to ask me these two questions. How are you doing with your daily Bible reading? Answer, are you lying to me? Because we're so good at sitting down and having communion at the pool without doing business with God. Embrace scripture. Picture yourself dead to sin. Become accountable. Listen for God. God communicates through his word to us that's already been revealed to us called scripture. And then God communicates to us through the Holy Spirit and can prompt us and push on us and call things to our mind that we need at just the right time when we need it. And then do this. How to break a bad habit? Make new habits. Maybe you start exercising, or you start reading, or you start a new hobby. And uh, you find that you're spending time and resource on a bad habit. Take that same time and resource it and invest it into a good habit. And work on that. And ask people and God to come alongside you. There was a story, old story, maybe you've heard it before, and man goes up to a mountain top and he seeks a guru. He finds the guru and he says to him, I've been looking for God. I have not been able to find God. Will you help me find God? And the guru says, sure, come with me. He takes the man down to a stream and there in the bend in the stream, it's kind of deep and they go down into the water and the guru 
reaches out, he grabs the man by the ears and he just shoves his head under the water and he holds his head down under the water for over a minute and the guy begins to flail and and move and jerk and finally he grabs him and lifts him up out of the water. He says, what are you trying to do? Kill me? He says, no. He says, when you want God as much as you wanted that breath You'll find them. Isn't it true? God lets us breathe with or without them. Will we go find them? Will we be close to him? Will we let him work in our lives? Now listen. Maybe right now uh, you're sitting there and you've been a Christian for a long time and you feel like, well, there's things I need to work on, but I don't know if I've got any one of those things in my life. And Maybe that's great. Maybe you're the person that can go help somebody else. Maybe you're sitting out there right now, and uh, you're feeling like the Holy Spirit is convicting me. And I feel about this big because I know there's stuff in my life. God is a forgiving loving God. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants for you and him to go for walks together and enjoy life together and be close to one another. He's not looking to kick you when you're down. He's looking to lift you up. In your journey on life, where are you with your relationship to Christ? Jesus wants us to give our life to him. We do that publicly by confessing that we need Jesus, and we do that publicly by being baptized into Christ. And if you've never been baptized into Christ, the way that Jesus was baptized as an example, maybe that's something that you need to do. Maybe that's something Jesus is working on you right now. If you know Jesus as your Savior, live for Him with all you've got. If you want to know what it is to be baptized, I'd be glad to chat with you about it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to trust you with everything that we are. Help us not to believe the devil. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember how you told me That life may not be easy